Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Welcome to another episode of Play by Players, brought to you by the MLS Players Association. Today's guest is someone MLS fans will know well, but not as well as I do. He is someone I battled against on the field. He's also someone that I had the pleasure of playing alongside for many years. He has played over 300 professional games in Major League Soccer, the CONCACAF Champions League, the U.S. Open Cup, even a game in the Canadian Championship. He has represented the U.S. youth national team, as well as the U.S. men's full national team. He has won two Supporter Shields, two MLS Cups. He's been an all-star twice with two different teams. He was the MLS Rookie of the Year. Please welcome to the podcast, my friend, Sean Franklin. What's going on, Bobby? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, how's everything going for you, man? You look great. I'm trying to, man. 38 now, so I'm getting up there. Not as old as you, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is about you, not about me. Well, um, you know, with all that all that great stuff I just said, there are two things uh, that, that are going to hold you back a little. Uh, one of those, in researching for this, I, I you've never gotten a red card ever? Uh, never. I've never gotten a official red card. I think in a preseason game I did. Um, so it's not on record, but in a preseason game, I think it was my second year. Um, I actually had, actually had an own goal in that game as well. So I had an own goal and then I had a double yellow. So that's the only record I've had professionally, but on record, zero red cards. Yeah. Well, that's just shocking to me because I've seen you kick the crap out of some guys over the years and, uh, you know, and the second thing I mentioned was that you are a Raiders fan. Uh, we don't have to go too far into that, but just temper, uh, you know, I'm trying to temper the expectations of the, of the listeners. Out there. So uh, let's, let's uh, all joking aside, let's go back to where it all started. Um, California, you know, you weren't obnoxious like some of the other guys I played with, uh, but you definitely have a sense of pride of where you're from. You, you moved back there when you retired. Um, talk to me. What was so special about growing up in the Golden State? Yeah, so uh, I, I grew up in, in Palma, California, probably about an hour, 15 minutes north of uh, Los Angeles in a desert, um, you know, small little valley. Uh, when I moved there, there wasn't really much. Uh, they were just starting to build build the mall out there. So, you know, that was like the new thing when it when it came. But uh, I moved there when I was nine. And um, yeah, I grew up there till was all the way through high school. and. Um, yeah, I started playing ASO at uh, at nine years old, and that's when I really started to fall in love with the game. Um, I was playing soccer and basketball at the same time. My mom was like, you got to pick one because it was basketball in the morning, and then she was driving me down for tournaments, and she was like, this is too much. Um, you got to stick to one, and um, ended up picking soccer, which I think the right choice. So uh, that's where my, my love grew for the game was um, after a couple years of AY, so. Well, I know you mentioned your mom. Uh, anyone that's been your teammate has met her many times. We all loved your mom, uh, you know, seeing her around and all that. Um, you had a large family growing up. You had a bunch of siblings. I think your dad played college football, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. You know, how, how did you how did you even get started in it? Was it just kind of one of those like you played every sport and you just happened to stick with soccer and, and basketball? Or, you know, did you have any family members that played it or, you know, you, you kind of. We're, we're very talented. I'm curious where that came from. Yeah, so uh, no one in my family uh, was, a, was a soccer player. Uh, I was the first and only one. And um, like I said, I grew up playing basketball. I, I did track when I was in, in middle school. And I think I did like one year of, of like T-ball or something like that. So yeah, I was the typical kid that did every single sport at a, at a young age. Um, and it was just something about, about soccer that, that, that stuck with me. And uh, you know, when I moved to, to Palmdale, some of my closest friends at the time, they all played soccer. Um, and you know, my mom, she could see that I was really into it. And she had, she had bought this random, um, you know, VHS, if anyone remembers those, um, this, it was a world cup 94 video and it was highlights of all the games. 
and she got it for me for Christmas one year. And I was I would just watch it religiously. And I remember um, doing all the celebrations, uh, all the all the goal celebrations from all the African teams, and then seeing Brazil and everyone. And I literally, I used to watch that game like before high school games. Um, you know, I just from that video on, it just it just stuck with me. As far as club soccer goes, you talked about AYSO. Um, I, I thought I saw somewhere you played for the like the Palmdale Falcons or uh, like what I know that I know that academies Palmdale Heat. The Palmdale Heat. Sorry, uh, AV Heat. Desert, yeah, desert AV makes Heat. sense. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, California always had these pockets of of great players. Um, you know, I know guys that didn't play in academies even when academies existed, and they're very good, good professionals now. Uh, you know, what was your, what was your youth experience like without the Academy? You know, how did you, how did you kind of get on people's radar? Yeah, I think, well, well now I think it's, it's great that they have the academies and there's, there's definitely way more exposure and opportunities for, um, for kids now, which is, which is great because you can just see how much the, the sport has grown. But, um, you know, back then it was just, it was just kind of word of mouth. Um, you know, there was a lot of talent that, that came out of AV, but for us, it was a trek to get out there. You know, there's, you know, coaches or scouts that they might not want to drive an hour all the way to the desert, um, you know, to see, to see some kids play. And I think that for me, uh, you know, I, I wasn't on anyone's radar, um, you know, but I played with and against a lot of players that were better with me. And I think because of them, uh, I think that's maybe how I got my uh, exposure was, was through them. Yeah, then you went to, you know, I know you played in high school and, and I've been very vocal on this podcast that I think it's crazy that kids don't play high school soccer nowadays because that was probably the most fun I had playing, uh, playing the sport. Uh, you, you went to, is it Highland High? Highland High School? Highland High School, yeah. The, the Bulldogs, even though you never got a red card, we're going to let you get away with being a Bulldog here. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I always joke around. I look up, I love looking up schools and seeing the mascots and who went there. And uh, in your case, you it's, it's funny. Like when you look up guys on the Northeast, right. Where they went to high school, it's all these like political figures and academics. And I've noticed like, whenever I look up anyone that went to high school in California, all the notable people are musicians and athletes. And in your case, your school, it was literally just all athletes and it was like all different sports. Uh, you were on there, but, um, you know, it looked like a it looked like a pretty a pretty good uh, athletic school in terms of uh, competition. Is that kind of where you really started to to shine and show well when you got to, to high school? Yeah, high school, like you said, high school soccer was probably some of the best times and memories I had playing. Um, you know, we our rival was Courtsville High School, and they were supposedly the better team. And you know, once high school season started, I vote you you play club, and then high school season starts and half of our club team was at court sale and half our club team was on Highland. So just a rival between, um, you know, our friends and just, you know, talking mess and play. those games are always fun. Right. Um, and they had court. Sale had players that were getting looked at like a buddy of mine. He, uh, was on the youth national team, went to UCLA. Um, you know, he was top scorer or whatever. in, in SoCal. So, they had all the talent. They had everyone looking at them. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's what drove me. Like I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be great. I wanted to always beat them because they were supposedly the better school. Um, but like I said earlier, I think, you know, from their exposure, maybe that's where I also, you know, might've been seen by someone um, who was like, Hey, who is this kid? Did you play defense then or were you in the midfield or playing up? front then. I was I was in the midfield center mid yeah, there you go <laughs> two-way two player you were yeah. I think you were the golden league MVP I think y'all won the golden league championship uh you were captain I know your senior year um yeah as far as you know a fascinating part of your story is I, I saw that you is it true you didn't get any college scholarship uh, scholarship offers or is it you didn't get any to like UCLA and uh you know in an ACC school no, I wasn't, I wasn't offered any, um, you know, scholarships or I wasn't super recruited highly. Um, I remember my, my club coach. So I left, 
what was it? U-17s. I finished with AV Heat, um, left and played for West Valley Samba, which is now Real SoCal. And my coach at the time was the assistant coach at Cal State Northridge. And I remember talking to him like, ah, you know, like, I'm not sure if, you know, college soccer is, is for me. I was like, I'm not, uh, I'm not being recruited. Like, I'm not sure what I want to do. And he was like, well, you want to talk to, he's like, okay, well, let me talk to, to Terry. Terry Davila is the, the head coach at CSUN. He was like, maybe I can have him come out, check out a high school game and, you know, go from there. And at that time, I didn't realize my club coach, he was trying to push me to other schools like UNLV, um, I think maybe even like maybe USF, I can't, can't remember, but um, yeah, he was trying to push me to, to schools. And I was just like, look, let's just have Terry come out. Like it is what it is. And he came out to one of my high school games and, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm taking a visit on the CSUN campus, which I knew well because my sister was going there at the time. Uh, both my parents graduated from Northridge. So, and my grandma lives in Northridge. So I, basically knew the campus, but I still went and did the visit and everything. And, um, you know, and the rest is history. I decided to to go to CSUN. So yeah, good well, decision to go to college. So you end up going there. They're the Matadors. The Matadors. Maddie the Matador. What a terrible name uh, being Maddie, but the Matadors are cool. Um, <laughs> you know, when you, when, you know, you knew the coach, obviously the assistant coach uh, from playing with him, uh, what was your expectation going into college? I mean, were you, you don't strike me as like the nervous type. Like I played with you, right. And like, you never seem nervous, but I also know you were, you know, you, you didn't, ex you weren't as out there as some of the other guys like myself and some of the other guys in the locker room. Like what, what was your thought process going in to college? Yeah, I think, I think for me, I lucked out because we, um, you know, our club team, we would, we would scrimmage against the CSUN team. So prior to going into, uh, you know, summer camp with them, uh, I knew, you know, most of the team I had, I had a friend um, that I played with um, against in court sale. He, he was a goalie at, at CSUN. So I knew him really well. So, and he, you know, hooked me up with his, his roommates and stuff like that. So it was just, for me, it was just an easy kind of transition. I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I had, um, no expectations of, you know, being a starter or anything like that. I was just, you know, coming in, excited to play, and I uh, ended up uh, redshirting my my freshman year, which was – it was frustrating because, you know, you go from, you know, all these years of starting on club and playing a lot of minutes to all of a sudden you, you, you're you to a new team and now you're just, you know, essentially just a, a practice player. But, um, you know, I, I needed that time to grow to grow. I, I thought I wasn't, um, you know, at the level where I think the coach wanted me to be at. And I just took that year to, to learn and get better. Yeah. And, and uh, you talked about <laughs> the red shirt, you go into your freshman year and you start playing pretty much right away. And that was kind of a, you know, a barring injury. That was like the whole story of your college career. You, you want a ton of, uh, you know, you were, awarded you know different various um you know not all american but things like all region all conference things like that at what point in your college uh in your college career did you start representing the youth national team uh my freshman uh sorry my sophomore year 2000 2005 um was when i got my first call up to the u20s and how'd that come about i mean they just saw you play in that year and and they, they, I mean, were you, did you know those guys already or was it just kind of out of the blue? No, it was just kind of out of the blue. Um, I remember getting, I think it was a phone call or email from Terry um, about, um, yeah, he was like, I got a, I got a phone call from, from Ziggy Schmidt and he wants to, he wants to, to bring you into, to a camp. And I said, all right. I said, cool. And then going to camp, um, you know, I'm running the guys like, you know, Benny Fellhaber and, um plus like Charlie Davies uh yeah Charlie Davies was at that camp um who else was there maybe these well are, these are like guys that are at big schools or are, are already going pro big schools yeah Charlie was at Boston uh I mean Sasha was there he's at Seton Hall so these are guys that are at 
they're all at big name schools. And then you got me on the roster, Cal State Northridge. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of the day, that's that's really not, you know, I, and I give Ziggy a lot of credit. You know, I'm sure that, um, you know, he'd seen you before. He loves California and he loved this California guy. So that was cool. You know, I think it's it's great that guys, you know, get an opportunity. I, I know, is it at this point where you start seeing, okay, not only am I here, but I can compete with these guys and you start you know, saying, you know what, maybe professional soccer is on my radar now. Yeah. I remember, um, after a couple of camps and some of the guys were already, <clears throat> some of the guys were already signed to, uh, MLS teams. And I was like, I felt like I did it right. And I was like, you know what? I think I was like, I can compete at this level. I was like, I think I want to, this is what I want to be. I want to push to be professional. And I remember even like, after the camps and coming back and playing with CSUN, I was a different player. I was playing faster. I was playing one touch, two touch here and there. And they were like, they're like, who are you? And I was like, sorry. I was like, I just been, I just been used to playing like, you know, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. But um, yeah, that's when I, when I realized that I could hang at that level was when I wanted to, I think I can, you know, do this professionally. All right. Well, uh, I have to ask, in your senior year, you, you got, uh, you, you won some awards, but you were injured for, you came into the season with a broken arm. Did you break your arm doing something cool? No, I wish I did. I, uh, I broke it in a summer league team. Um, that I might even, it might've been a playoff game. It was like a PDL league. The San Fernando Valley Quakes. San Fernando Valley Quakes, baby. <laughs> it seemed like it was created just for your college career. That was it. Like it was there for a couple of years, ton of MLS guys, you know, a lot of names I knew on the, the guys that were on it. But uh, anyway, so like most guys, you got some PDL experience. Sounds like uh, not, not the kind you really wanted though. And you broke your arm and that really kind of put you back. Yeah. I had, I went with a header, collided with a guy. I went to brace myself and I uh, landed on my wrist, uh, dislocated my, my wrist excuse me um fractured a few things and i was uh i had a cast up to um uh, up to my shoulder like this pretty much um for what was it, about eight eight weeks for eight weeks and then i had a regular arm cast for a month so i basically and that happened in august um so i missed i think i only played the last like six games of the season i remember the coach is like look he's like I'm going to play you wherever. He's like, I might play you center back, right back, wherever. Just enjoy your last, like, you know, few games of the senior. So I was like, all right. And I went, but to be fair, I, I mean, I was, to be honest, I was really scared that it might hurt, you know, my chances of, you know, getting drafted. Yeah. I mean, obviously you did well enough and they, you had done well enough before that, that they, they knew who you were because you get invited to the combine. Uh, combine. Um, obviously, you did well there. Talk to us a little bit about what are your expectations going into the, the Super Draft. Uh, I think a lot of guys, they seem to have no idea where they're going to be in that. Um, in your case, I mean, you were taking, you were taking fourth overall, which is incredible. Um, but what were your expectations going into it? Yeah, it was kind of the whole – combine experience was a it's kind of a crazy week um i was i was in camp uh in Bradington, and um you know i got the invite for for the combine it was me and a few other guys that were in camp it was me uh chance myers um who else was in who else was in that camp that u.s camp or whatever there's a few other guys that were in camp we all went to um they let us leave camp and go to the combine for like a day so we go there, we do the physical stuff. We were only allowed to play like once one of the scrimmages. We play the scrimmages. We go back to camp. And then they call us like a couple of days later to go uh, to go to the draft. So, I mean, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to the draft. I was like, all right, I don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just hoping I get, I get picked at, at some point. And then you start looking at, you know, who's who. And I was like, uh, Galaxy number four, eh, probably not going to happen. You know, just, you know, who who knows what's going to happen. And then they they called my name and I was just like shocked. And the whole time, I guess, like my agent knows, but he doesn't tell me anything. So, <laughs> yeah, th thanks, agent. 
yeah. had to be really cool for your family, though. I mean, you could have ended up really anywhere and to end up kind of in the hometown team. And, uh, you know, your family's like, what, an hour away from coming to watch you play? Yeah. yeah and they, they were, to... yeah, it's very, very fortunate to be able to, to, to stay local and, I mean, be able to have friends and family at, you know, every single, every single Galaxy home game. Well, I will say this, you know, uh, most people that think of the Galaxy, like myself, they think about how they had some of the best teams in MLS history. Uh, maybe not lately, but we'll address that uh, later in the podcast. But that first year for you um, was a great year for you individually. But for the team itself, um, I, I, did you go? Th- I think you had three coaches that year. Your first, was it your first year you had three? Three, yeah, I was three coaches. Well, yeah, because we had Rude and then like Kobe came in for like a couple games, like an interim coach, and then and then Bruce came in towards the end. Rude, Rude, I don't know how Rude Hewlett is that how I say it? Yeah, Rude Hewlett, Gullet, Gullet, and then yeah, you're like, talking about Kobe, Kobe Jones, um, soccer, you know, Galaxy legend. Um, and then Bruce, uh, speaking of royalty, Bruce Arena ends up being the coach. Um, what, what were your memories from that first year? I mean, you come in and you play, you end up becoming the rookie of the year. Uh, you beat out uh, Jeff Cameron, you know, who was a teammate of mine. Um, you play uh, a lot of center back that first year. Just what, what was what do you when you look back, um, what do you remember about that first year? Yeah, uh, it was a lot um, with the coaching changes, with, you know, how we were last in the West to all the crazy stuff with that comes along with, you know, having David Beckham on your team. And I mean, it was just it was just a lot. Um, but for me, just uh, I just remember. um it was it was our it was the first game and we were I think we were yeah we were in, in Colorado and I made the roster but I didn't start um, and I think eight we got we got killed that game like four nothing or four one and I remember uh, Abel Xavier got a red card that game and uh, the next day we had a we had a reserve league game it was like a nine a.m. It was like snow on the field. They're like plowing. I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's no way like we're going to play this game. Like I'm, I'm over it. Like this is fly home. We got killed yesterday. Like no one wants to play this game. It's freezing cold out. And then I remember the coach says, Hey, you're going to play center back. I'm like, all right, cool. Like whatever. Right. I guess I'll play center back. Um, we played center back bald, I guess. And the next, the next weekend, um, we, we have our home game against San Jose and I start as a center back and, from the first game that I started center back, I pretty much played center back that whole uh, that whole season. So it was different for me to go from playing right back to center back. Um, but man, it was a like you said personally, it was a it was a great year. Um, but as a team, it was it was just rough. It was rough games. Well, Bruce takes over. I think in August, September of that that year. And then the off season is just a complete overhaul. I think there were like everyone, but a handful of guys, like five of you uh, stay. Everyone else is out. I, I went and looked at the roster uh, yeah. from that year. And I know a lot of those names because I was around then. And like, there was a reason y'all finished where y'all finished that year. And then the next year I look at that roster and I'm like, oh, there's like, there's a reason they did, guys. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason they did really well, um, you know, in the in the years to come. So, um, you know, talk about that transition. Did you know, just to, when you go from a team that doesn't do that well to now you've got a whole new group and you go on to, you know, eventually y'all start, uh, you know, you win Supporter Shield, you make a couple MLS Cup finals or get close to it where you probably should have won but you don't. Um, you know, talk about that transition and, and what made those teams, uh, you know, help turn the tide a little bit. Yeah, I think when when Bruce came in and, you know, just the title that he brings and the accolades he brings, it's, it was the expectation of what he wanted, you know, our club to be and what he wanted from his players. And I think we everyone, I mean, everyone bought into it, uh, you know, and the just – 
the core group that we had, you know, from, I'll say from 09 to about 13, um, you know, a couple of changes here and there. Uh, we were, we were like a family. We were, we were super close. And, um, I mean, like I said, we demanded the best from everyone. Uh, you know, it didn't matter if you were a starter a sub or, you know, you didn't dress everyone, everyone bought into their role. Um, I think that's what made, that's what made our teams over those years, uh, successful. For you personally, during that time, you also start getting called in to, you know, you had been called in. We kind of skipped over the U23s where you're traveling around the world a little, but you get called into, uh, you start getting called into U.S. men's full national team camps. Um, you know, talk to, talk a little bit about uh, your guy. And I had the same experience or a handful of guys that get to go into a lot of camps, but they don't necessarily get a lot of caps but it was, it's still a great uh, experience in that you're playing with the best of the best, your game's improving, um, you're still around the environment. You know, talk a little bit about, about that experience. Yeah, my first camp was, um, it was in, <laughs> back in Colorado. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I think it was a qualifying match against, I want to say Honduras. Guatemala. Um, Guatemala. Guatemala, Guatemala, yeah. Guatemala. Um, didn't dress. Um, I mean, but just the experience of, you know, playing with those guys and, you know, going from, you know, representing the galaxy to now representing your, you know, your country. Um, it's just, it's just a different level. And um, I think after that camp, I got called into um, the January camp. Um, and then, but I got, I, I left camp early because I got injured. Um, and then I didn't get called into another camp until uh, January 2011. So I missed getting, about a year. Yeah. What's yeah, that? You end up getting a cap against Chile, yeah. um, which is yeah. which is awesome. Um, let's let's go back to the Galaxy. So we talked about y'all had a, a year where y'all got to the finals. You didn't win it. The next year, probably, probably should have won. I think you get eliminated in the semis. Um, but then you get your revenge. And, um, you know, I, I played against you. I've got – I joke before this podcast artist i got robbie Keane's jersey here um you guys go back to back and you beat us two years in a row the houston team but y'all kind of ran through everyone and um you know it, it was a pretty impressive group of guys that you had um you know what 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 kind of turned the corner in terms of being close to to getting it done yeah so and uh you know in in 09 we lost in a penalties of salt lake and then 2010, we lost at home in the Western Conference Finals to Dallas 3-0. And I just remember after that game, um, Bruce had no words. We had no words. It was even like my parents were like, my mom was like, I don't know what I just watched. Like everyone was like shocked, like, like look like it's just a completely different team. Um, I think just there was all this expectations like, oh, we're going to go to the finals and all this talk. And then we basically blow it um and then 2011 was just a year that you know we we kind of ran through um you know i trying to say this as humble as i can we kind of ran through uh the league i think um teams feared us um they hated coming to la they hated when we went to their place um we we were just playing with a lot of confidence and yeah, that year was, I think we had, what, maybe, we didn't lose at home um, that whole season in all competitions. I think we had 18 shutouts on the year. Um, it was just a, it was just a special year, a special group. Um, I know people and fans still, still talk about the 2011, you know, season and team that we had and um, it was special. And then to do it again in 2012 was um I mean, it was, was amazing. It was some of the best two years of my life. So uh, it was just a, it was just a great time to, to be a footballer in, in Los Angeles. You can say that. Yeah. And for those that don't know that uh, 2011, that was the last year that the MLS cup final was predetermined and it was yeah. in LA at, you know, at the galaxy's uh, home field. So it was kind of like the, this was meant to be. Meant type to be. Thing. 
and then the next year um it was whoever was the highest seed and y'all were the highest seed uh so y'all hosted that as well uh which is you know that's an interesting piece of i guess of history um you mentioned it a little earlier you talked about coming into the league and being on a team with uh you know i always joke around and say people that don't play that never played with him say beckham but like you know maybe it's just maybe it's just because you're so cool but you you would always just be like oh you mean david like yeah and it's a great flex it's a great flex but it's true you can do it um you know i i just don't think that there's another celebrity i mean soccer especially but to really compare him to i know messi and ronaldo if they were to come to mls that would kind of be otherworldly but at the time when when uh when beckham came here that was like the heyday of MLS, in my opinion. It was just the celebrity was so big for so many different reasons. They've tried to copycat that with Zlatan and some other people, but it doesn't work the same because of who he is. Um, what what was it like being his teammate, um, you know, through that that wild ride? Yeah, that's the that's the best word for it. Wild. Um, I mean, you know, you're in the airport he, he's with his bodyguards and there's people screaming and cameras and media and um uh, it was a lot you know but um i mean he's he was super humble uh obviously a great player great guy uh he would talk to everyone you know older guys younger guys um uh, you know just a really you know great you know great teammate um and just being able to um you know, talk to him, you know, soccer stuff, like, you know, came to him with questions. He was always, you know, there to answer or, or help my game. And, um, the only thing that was frustrating was in training, uh, Bruce would have me go out and hit crosses with him. Yeah. Way to, way to just, you know, shoot my confidence down. Dude. <laughs> Um, there's so many older guys, you know, and I, I say older, meaning older than me. And, 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 you know, you're, you're a little bit younger than me, but we were always saying, man, we wish, um, you know, Instagram was around when we were young, um, you know, cause we, we could have built our following. And I, and I have to imagine if you had had Instagram, uh, when you were, when you were his teammate, that would have been, uh, pr pretty epic, but we're, we're both happily married now. So we're not going to, uh, <laughs> we're not going to jump gonna down. That yeah. We're not going to dive into that. Um, one thing I didn't mention in that period, because we're about to move on um, uh, to D.C. here, but you were named an MLS All-Star while you were there. Y'all played a game against Man U. Um, I think for those that don't know, I joked about the Raiders, but you are a huge Arsenal fan as well. Um, and you liked Arsenal, you know, before I'd say, I mean, I guess it's always been cool to like Arsenal, but now it's become like kind of reverse trendy where it's the underdog team. But uh, you got to share a field. Y'all played Man U, and it was the game was in New York, and you got to share the field with uh, Thierry Henry, who I know uh, was an important player for you, you know, as a kid. Talk a little bit about what it was like to, you know, go to an all-star game and then also be on the team with him. Yeah, Thierry, I mean, he's he's been my idol for, you know, forever. He's, I mean, obviously his what he's done speaks for itself, but uh, just being able to, you know, share the field with him as opposed to having to battle against him was a, was a good change. Um, and then just being able to talk to him and, um, you know, try not to be like, you know, fangirling inside, you know, cause obviously he's my idol, but you know, we're at the end of the day, we're, we're both just kicking the soccer ball in the field. Right. Um, you know, but just over the years of um, playing against him and little conversations, you know, here and there, um, you know, during the game, after the game was, it was just cool just to, you know, being able just to just be myself around him. And I remember it was uh, our final, what was it? 20, 2014 or 2015. I forget whatever his last, his last year was where we, was it 2014 we lost to New York, right? 2015. At home? We, 2015. We lost to him. I think we lost to him twice. Oh no, we lost to Montreal. Uh, lost to Montreal. Year. But I think it might have been 20, it was 2014. It was the first year. 2014. Yeah. Um, and I remember after we, you know, we lost, I remember like pulling this out. I was like, hey, man, I was like, look, I was like, you know, I never told you this over these years. I was like, but you've always been like 
you know, my auto, my favorite player. Like I, I love your game. This is then he goes, he goes, big man, why don't you just tell me this before, you know, like all these years, you didn't say anything. And then I was able to finally like all these years, you know, have the courage to get his Jersey and we swapped jerseys. So that was, you know, a pretty cool moment for me. And my friends were like, finally, dude, you said something. <laughs> you, you were you were injured that game, weren't you? The I got injured. No, I missed the, the first leg. The first leg. I, I missed the first were, leg. I just remember you were out and he balled out and I, he was angry the whole time. And the game, he was so mad. And I after the game, I was like, I said, what is what that was, was that in New York? Yeah. I said, what was that about? Like, and he said, Oh, I, I don't like this this guy I'm playing against. And and it, you weren't playing. And I remember just being like, and I think whatever you were back, he was like a holy, he was like a nice guy again. Like y'all were helping each other up and hanging out. And I was just like, I was like, this like we need to find someone that like that he gets along with. And like it was unbelievable. He killed us when you were gone. And he was so angry and uh and it and it hurt us. But anyway, but let's uh I'm getting off track. We're going to DC before we need to. <laughs> the only thing I, I did want to mention was um, I feel like the leagues kind of changed a little bit in terms of, you know, you were very fortunate to play in Los Angeles where y'all would play the, the world powerhouses. I, I remember you played, I think, you know, you got to play Man U, you played Real Madrid. I know there's uh, a cool photo of you and uh, Ronaldo going at it. I'm sure the kids that you, you deal with nowadays love that. Um, my favorite instance uh, was the Man City game, the Balotelli, the back heel thing. That was you were on the field. You were on the field for that, right? I was. I was on the field for that. That's the most ridiculous MLS moment I think in the history. And for those that don't know, Balotelli was playing with Man City, and I don't know if he thought he was offsides or if he just did not give a crap. But he got through on a breakaway, and he tried to do like a crazy back heel. And it just went out for a, a goal kick, and okay. his, and his coach just subbed him right, like took him <laughs> off at like like ten minutes into the game. And I remember you were running back, and I always said like that was because Sean, you know, Sean was defending him really well there. But um, you know, <laughs> you, heard, you played. You hear my footsteps. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He heard you coming. Uh, but but those games were huge, and I felt like I feel like the league's kind of gotten away from that. And I don't know if that's the league's fault or those other teams don't necessarily want to play those games anymore. Um, but I feel like as a player, you really got up for those and like you were, it actually make you really nervous. Cause you're like, I'm, we could, we could really get wiped out here. Um, but you know, how do you feel when you look back? I mean, those are probably the games you, you look back other than the victories and the championships, uh, more than any others. Yeah, those, um, I, I think those games were great. I think, um, you know, there is a little bit of nerves, but there's also, um, there's also no you know, expectation from us. Obviously, they're supposed to beat us, right? They they play in the Premiership, uh, the Premier League. So it's like kind of almost playing with like, you know, house money here. It's like, okay, we lose. Yeah, we're supposed to lose. But if we win, like, we win, you know? Um, man, but just playing against those players, guys that you, you know, you watch on Saturday mornings or you watch, you know, during the week of, you know, Champions League games and, now they're in your own backyard and you're playing against them. I mean, it was, it was fun as a young player. Um, it was, it was fun for, you know, for the fans, um, you know, and like you said, I think they kind of have gone away from that. Maybe, um, you know, there's just too many games now to, to have them come out and, you know, also you got to deal with the travel. So it's a lot, but uh, yeah, those, I mean, I got to play against, even though I was injured, we played against, you know, AC Milan and uh, Barcelona and then Real Madrid, we played, I think, three times, um, twice at the Rose Bowl in front of like, you know, 97,000 people. And like you said, Man City and um, Tottenham, we played against. So, man, it was just like I said, it was it was it was fun to be, you know, like, you know, playing in L.A. and, you know, having those opportunities. Yeah, no, it was it was great to watch. and. Um, you know, I know this year the All-Stars are playing the uh, Arsenal now. So I think, you know, uh, some of those guys will get to continue playing some uh, some of those world-class teams and the fans will get to see that. So that'll be 
that'll be good. That game's going to be in D.C., which is a perfect segue into, uh, you know, you being picked up in the reentry draft. Um, you know, I was uh, you were picked before me and then they they added me and like 30 other new guys to the to the team. But talk a little bit about, you know, this is the first time you're really uh, moving away as an adult uh, away from California. You've been, you know, one minute you're you're with the Galaxy and. You know, next thing you know, you're you're moving cross country to DC. What what was going through your head for that that period of time? Yeah, I think for me, you know, I just kind of realized that you know, 2013 it, it wasn't um, a great year for me. I wouldn't say it was a it was probably just an okay year. Um, you know, I think I was just comfortable. Um, you know, I was a, you know being a consistent starter from you know 2008, and um, yeah, I was. You know, from I was at the you know probably the peak of my career around you know 10, 11, 12. and like I said, thirteen was my you know my greatest year, and maybe I was a little complacent. Um, and you know, I knew that LA wasn't gonna you know gonna re uh, pick up my option. Um, so then I go into the you know to the reentry draft, and uh, DC had the they had the first pick. They were the how do even know this is how bad it. I didn't even know that. They had only won three games that season. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know their record. I didn't. I didn't. You know, follow anything. Um, my agent said, "Okay, DC wants to pick you up." I said, "Okay, let's do it." And then, um, you know, I think for me, just being able to, um, you know, get out of LA because yeah, LA is it's 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 a lot going on out here. You know, I have you know friends, family. You have your you know, your, your, your personal life. And, you know, now I'm on the East coast. I have no friends out there, no family out there. And, you know, you kind of gotta, you gotta grow a little bit. You gotta kind of depend on yourself. And, um, you know, it was almost like a, like a fresh start. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm coming to a new team. Um, and just got an hour. I really got to just, just work for it. You're not implying that DC isn't as luxurious and nice uh, as LA, are you? <laughs> No, 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 not at all, not at all. <laughs> well, so uh, for those that don't know, there were, uh, you know, I'm not making that up. I think we probably had like 20 new guys oh, into man, that. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you and I were were a part of that. Um, you know, we had Jeff Park and Eddie Johnson. Steve Birnbaum was a rookie. Uh, there were just so many. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bobby came in. Uh, I think uh, not a lot of those guys hung around. You know, Pontius. Anius was one of them, Perry Kitchen, but I think Davey Arnault was a new face. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. He was, he was very important. And so it was a, it was a really, it's kind of funny, like uh, every guy that was on that roster that came in, a lot of people will joke around about that three-win season and everyone's like really quick to be like, no, 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 I was there after, I was after that <laughs> one. Um, but we had a lot of success. We won the East. Um, it was it was just a very exciting time. Um you know, and, and for you, you talked about being complacent. Um, it had to feel good going into a, a team that was worse. And it really was a worst to first, um, you know, transition for us. Um, that had to feel good. And you you were also uh, named an all-star, I think, at this one here. And, and yeah. played Bayern Munich. You didn't mention Bayern Munich, by the way. They're a pretty big team uh, that you played in your career. Um, but yeah, you, you get named an all-star and you're a part of that, um, leadership group that turned it around. What, what was that, what was that like for you? Yeah, well, I think like, you know, when I say that, uh, you know, coming to, to DC, it's kind of, was all like a fresh start. I think it was, you know, maybe a fresh start for, for all of us. Um, you know, for you that came in, you know, Davey Park, like, you know, we all came in and, um, you know, we were all going to be fighting to, to, to be starters and to kind of write, write that ship. So, um, so yeah, I think that's why we were, we were successful that year. Cause it was just, it was, it was a new team, fresh start, forget about what happened. And um, yeah, we just moved forward. And then, like you said, I was named to the all-star team. Um, you know, you as well and Bill Hamid and, um, playing against Bayern Munich, um, you know they just had they just had a bunch of guys from that team that just got back from winning the World Cup from Germany. So it was a, uh, I mean it was it was an exciting game. It was one of my finest 
all-star games to to be a part of. Well, definitely better than the Man U game, losing losing four nothing and getting chopped up by uh, by Park. So, <laughs> well, I know um, you know you play there. You play there several years. Um, you know there was there was kind of some. I, I think it was a, a pretty solid group of guys. I think LA had all the star power, and you know there's a there's a reason I think that designated players are very important now in MLS. Uh, not to say we didn't have um, star power, but we definitely didn't have some of the same names that were other teams had and, and went out and got, you know, I'm thinking of like Giovinco here and, you know, some of those uh, Obafemi Martins and, and Clint Dempsey and stuff. So those teams did really well. Um, you know, I think for me, the I look at DC as you were one of the mainstays there in the back. I, I still have people talk to me about how great that back group was and I kind of felt like it was a bigger group like a collective group and I always you know I kind of laughed because I thought your LA defense was you know with Omar uh, y'all were just uh, unbreakable and I thought our our Houston defense was was absolutely stacked but it's kind of funny that people will talk to me about the DC group and you know when you look at it on paper now as as Birnbaum keeps playing you know maybe that you know, that that's part of it where they look at your long your longevity and and, and mine and, and now Bernie's um, and, and obviously playing in front of Bill was made it made things a lot uh, easier on us. But what what um, you know, talk to me about kind of how, you know, how it ended in terms of how did you end up, uh, you know, you end up becoming a free agent and you end up going to Vancouver. Like what what was that process like? Uh, you know, we fought really hard to get uh, free agency and you know the first time around we both ended up in dc on this re-entry draft where it's like if we're doing re-entry like what's going on and then you get to kind of experience free agency a little later in your career yeah uh yeah free agency was uh it was an interesting time um you know obviously like okay cool i'm free i can kind of just you know pick in you know where I want to go. If if the team has interest, I can talk to them. Blah blah. blah. Um, but not a lot of teams did. And you know, I, you know, I obviously I was trying to come back to um, to LA. I had finished in I had finished in DC. I was I was getting married uh, January 2018, and having no job. You know, I'm trying to get signed to to somebody. So it was kind of it was a tough time and. Um, you know, luckily I was able to, uh, to sign a one year with, uh, with, with Vancouver, um, love Vancouver. I mean, beautiful, beautiful city. Um, great, great teammates there. And, um, yeah, it was just a really kind of, kind of scary, kind of scary time <laughs> when you have no job. <laughs> I, tell people, I tell people that, you know, when, when it's, uh, you know, when guys are fighting, you know, in your case, you were, I know you went to preseason with them and, you know, people don't realize like you don't have insurance usually. And, um, you know, you, you, you're not sure what's going on and that's, you know, you got a family that's in some city somewhere and, and you're like, I, we might be moving there. We might not, you're not even in the city. You're not even in the city that you're moving to. Uh, you you know, you're just like, you know, I'm in Florida now or I'm in Arizona. Um, but it's because people also, people got to understand our MLS free agency money is different than if like an NFL guy's a free agent and an NBA guy's a free agent. They have a little more money in the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, I always joke around and say like, I, I'm getting it. I was always getting a, a real job when I finished playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the interesting thing about Vancouver was Carl Robinson. Um, you know, he brought you in kind of as this veteran to, uh, maybe more in like, you you know, obviously you want to play. You're like, I'm, I'm a soccer player. I'm here to play. I'm here to compete. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... You did that. You played a handful of games there. Um, you know, you went on a little run of playing. But this really kind of was like a transition. And what I'm doing here is talking about like you end up transitioning into more of kind of like a player coach, a player mentor, which leads us into, um, you know, getting your B license and becoming a coach. Talk to us a little bit about um, you know, what was your mentality like? You saw, you kind of got to see the end of me. And um, I always said, I wish I would have handled things a little better, but it's tough to go from being a starter to not, and, um, you know, not have some animosity and some 
frustration, especially if the team's not doing well and you think you could you could contribute. How did you handle, um, you know, being in Vancouver and kind of knowing it was coming to an end? Yeah, of course. As a as a competitor, you want to you know you want to you want to play every single game, and uh, you know, and in my position, you know, right back, a lot of them are going you know younger as opposed to to older, and you know they had a, a second year player, uh, Jake Nowinski, great great kid, um, strong, athletic. Um, he's actually with the, uh, the the St. Louis team now, um, but yeah, I knew that. You know, going on probably not going to be a starter, which is fine. You know, um, and I found myself, you know, talking more to the younger guys on the team. Um, you know, just giving them, you know, some some advice, some some pointers. I, I mean, I talked to talked to Jake a lot. I even talked to uh, Alfonso Davies a lot. You know, and um, I remember doing drills where it's. I'm doing one v ones against them, right? And I told, and there was times where I, I would, he would get, he would get by me a lot, and um, there was times where I would just, I would, I would kick him. I said, look, I said, I said, a lot of guys, I told him, I said, a lot of guys are gonna kick you. I was like, a lot of guys aren't gonna run with you, like, like they're gonna, they're gonna hit you. I'm just kind of like, you know, prepare you for for what you're probably gonna get, and you know, there's. Sometimes I was harder, sometimes I wasn't. So I was just trying to just, you know, like I said, just 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 teach him some things, you know, just and at the same time build his confidence to keep going at players. Um, I said, don't worry if you beat me every single time. Like I want that. <laughs> don't feel bad for me. <laughs> don't feel bad. Don't feel bad because you know we're doing 20 million reps and I'm dying over here. I was like, it's like don't feel bad. So well, that's cool. And then I kind of I talked a little bit about you having your B license. Um, you know, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm always I always talk to guys that played and uh, guys talk about how hard it was to get a B license. And that's always interesting to uh, people always say, well, that's crazy. You played soccer for professionally for 10 years. How could it be hard? But did you find it was a, a challenging uh, curriculum to, to get that? No. So I think in my case, we kind of lucked out. So it was when I got it, it was the first year. <laughs> like, nope, it was easy. <laughs> no, it's actually very easy. Uh, no, I mean, it, it It was hard, but I'll say it was. it's definitely harder now than it was when I got it because they were trying this new thing. Where <laughs> yeah, all you, suck, all you suckers. Ha, ha, yeah. no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, keep going. But uh, it was... <laughs> It was this year where they were trying to um, – they sent U.S. scouts to certain MLS teams. If there was enough interest from the players, they'd have the scouts come to you. Um, you would do the course, um, you know, with, you know, with your academy – with your Philly Academy team. Um, and I think it was, I don't know, like a couple months or something like that um, that we did it. We had obviously stuff in the classroom, and then we go out to the field – but I mean, it maybe took maybe three months. I think, I think now it's like a six, I think it's like six months, something like that, possibly. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a full year course now. So yeah, that's, just, it's, that's just how cool, that's just how cool Sean is for the listeners. He's just like, nah, it wasn't hard. And like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll just move on. Um, so it is, diff- I mean, it, it, it's definitely, um, it was hard. Um, <laughs> Don't go I'll back say that. I'll say, I'll say the, the process was shorter, um, probably a little bit less, um, you know, paperwork. Um, but it was all, I mean, it was all new because now I'm, I'm seeing the game from, you know, from a different, you know, perspective. And, and now I'm in, I mean, now I'm, I'm in coaching. So. Yeah. Let's just say you end up, you end up there. Um, and uh, I, I think it's great. You know, Sean is on uh, social media and, and you can see some pictures of, uh, I know his son Egypt is now in the end of the game, which is you know yeah. my kids, my kids are into it, so it's great to see your your son getting getting the ball out and you're you're helping out. Um, let's talk a little bit. Uh, two more things, and then we'll we'll wind this up. Um, I, I talked about the Galaxy, kind of where they are now, and um, you know I think the fans that are there, there's it's pretty you know around the around the league, it's 
uh, everyone's aware of what's going on in terms of fans are rioting a little bit and, you know, not actually rioting, but, you know, protesting and, um, you know, LA was the staple of the league. It's the cream of the crop. Um, you know, you're still involved there for good reason because of what you did. And I know you've been involved in some of their marketing and, and some of the other stuff with the team, which I think is great. Um, as a guy that kind of went through some transition years there, um, you know, what do you say to, to the people that are, I know LAFC uh, makes it worse probably that they're having success, but I feel like this galaxy squads, you know, not a lot different than some of the teams you played for where you make a couple of moves um, you know, they've got a great young center back where they signed a great young guy like you. And then you get Omar in there and you get some people that um, can really influence the game. Um, what do you say to those to those fans that are, you know, just calling for, you know, uh, everybody's head, really? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, L.A.'s L.A.'s a tough market um, for for all sports. They expect. They expect you to win every year. They expect us to have, you know, the best players, the best team. And, um, you know, they, they want results now. Um, they don't want to hear, oh, we're probably going to sign someone next. No, they want, they want change now. And I think that's, that's the demand. Um, and it's not as easy as it, you know, as it, as it looks, you know, I know they're, they're making tough decisions up, you know, upstairs in the front office and, um, you know, I, I kind of stay out of it with, uh, I don't, you know, try to get into as much or, you know, talk to the supporters about it. Um, you know, they have their opinion about it and I have mine and, um, uh, it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, the success that that club has and then to see, um, you know, a stadium be so, you know, so empty and, um, you know, as a, as a, as a player, you, you want the support of, you know your fans and you know the players want to do well too they want to win they want to make everyone happy um and you know it's a it's, it's a tough period right now where it, it might be a you know a year or two before you know we are you know back on top and like you said it's, it's frustrating that you know your your crosstown rivals they you know the success they have the, the players are bringing in and um you know you you you're sitting there thinking well why can't we do that? Like we used to have that, you know what I mean? Um, but it will come. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's the team is, the team's not too far off. Um, there's some great, some great time there. Like you said, you tweak a few things, bring in a few more, you know, players and pieces and, you know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be right there again. I'll give you guys uh, that are listening a cool tidbit. Sean's first year in the league uh, he had on his roster, uh, Chris Klein and Greg Vanney, who, uh, right. you know, that, that just tells you how far back he goes uh, and that, that one of those guys runs the team, the other guy coaches it. So, um, you know, pretty cool thing there. Look, because of what you guys did to me in the championships, I'm not rooting uh, for you guys to turn it around. But I do think MLS, as I'm a fan of the league, I think it's a better league when the Galaxy are a powerhouse. So I'm pulling for you there. We're going to – that was – Kind of uh, heavy. We're going to go uh, a little more and then we'll wind this thing down. When I played with you in DC, I always thought you were very charitable with your time. Um, you know, when I was preparing for this, I looked at some of the things you did in LA. Um, you did, you worked with so many different groups and things that there's too many to name. Uh, you've always been very good about giving back to the community that you play in. Um, what I want to talk about is, um, really focus on an issue that you've been involved with your whole life and it's finally getting the attention and that uh, it deserves on some level. Obviously it, it needs to improve more, but I'm talking about racial inequality, um, not just in our country, but really around the world. We saw it um, last, you know, recently with Lukaku and the, the reaction of all the players around the world doing the, the celebrations when they score in uh, response to uh, what, many feel, and I would agree, is, is a racist narrative there. Um, talk about, you know, you've done some things lately with different, uh, you know, different panels and uh, different platforms. Uh, talk about some of the uh, the issues that are important to you and, and what you're working on to change the narratives, kind of as a, not only a, a Black man, but as a Black father and, you know, a Black athlete. 
Yeah, just to just to go back to the whole, um, you know, Lukaku thing and players, you know, dealing with, you know, racist issues and so like that. I think it's it's crazy how, you know, even like your own fans can, you know, you know, root again. Obviously, that was opposing fans, but you know, there's players who dealt with their own fans, you know, calling them names and saying and stuff, and that's just that's just beyond me because now it makes me think that, man, I wonder if anyone has said anything about me, you know, I wonder if, um, you know, who's out there, you know, saying stuff um, behind closed doors. And it's something that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's happening, you know, too often. Um, it's, it's frustrating to, to see it, to hear about it. Um, you know, even being a part of games where you, you hear people, you know, use the N word and, um, to me, it's just it's just unacceptable. Um, it's it's not part of the game, never should be, and um, yeah, and I think it's something that you know when you when you hear it and you deal with, and you when you hear it, it, it's like man, we've been dealing with this since forever. Um, you know, all we want is to be able to be accepted um, in a sport that you know isn't predominantly black, right? So, in growing up, you know, back in you know, we'll say early 90s, uh, if you were a black kid playing soccer, you were probably the only black kid on that team. Um, you know, and now as the game has grown and, um, you know, there's more black players to me, I, I love seeing, um, you know, more black players out there playing. I remember, I remember when Portland Timbers came into the league and there they had like eight starters that were all black. Um, I mean, I, I thought that was great. You know, it was just great to see someone who looks like me, um, you know, playing this sport. And um, I think we need more of that. Um, I think that uh, I wasn't lost my track of thought. Um, yeah. well, well, let me ask you this: What are you gonna? You know, you have a son now. That's um, you know, he's black. He's biracial. Um, you know, what are you, and, and I think that's going to become more and more common just with the way everything's going in terms of our society. And, and what are you going to tell him, you know, as a guy that, you know, I'm, I, I, I know for a fact, like, I just always tell people CONCACAF was one, like the, there was more racist stuff said in CONCACAF games than anything I've ever been yeah. a part of. And sometimes it was like from the referee or, you know, it wasn't even, you know, and then you go to a, another country where they hate you just because of, you know, what team you're on. They don't like the U S and that was just part of the gamemanship. But, um, you know, when my kids watch videos of things that I did, and unfortunately it's, you know, I jo joke about your red cards, but they look at red cards and they always ask me, why'd you do that? And, and it changes your perspective, right? I'm like, well, I, I shouldn't have kicked him off the ball like that. And, and, you know, as far as being a parent, um, how are you, how are you talking to your son? And you, he's a little young. He's probably not there yet, but how are you going to talk to him about uh, this, this world we live in and that, you know, there are going to be people that whether it's a competitive edge or they're just, they're just saying things that they really believe in, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. Um, how, how are you going to kind of voice that opinion? And if that's too heavy, well, you know, I apologize, but I feel like you probably no, have an no, answer, not at all. Have an answer for me. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be tough conversations um, with him. It's going to be a lot of, you know, I know he's he's probably going to ask questions, and you know, I'm going to have to, you know, be able to answer those and be able to, you know, to to guide him in the right way and tell him what's you know what's wrong and what's right. And um, you know, I'm 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 hoping that he he doesn't deal with you know a lot of the you know racial um, you know slurs or stuff being said behind his back end. Um, yeah, it's, and you know, this actually happened was it last year we were playing, uh, I was coaching, I coached a 2005 team and one of the players had ran by and he, and he said, and he said the N word. And I said, and I said, I said, Hey kid, watch your mouth. And he kind of like went off. And then after the game, I pulled him to the side. I said, look, I said, you should never say that. I was like, I was like, one, I was like, you don't know who's listening. I was like, you don't know who's going to take it the wrong way. I was like, I was like, one, I was like, I could have done something to you. 
I was like, don't ever use that word again. And he, he, he apologized. And, um, I think he, I, I, I told, I told the head coach and I think he might even, I think that kid had rolled like an EMR or something to the league. So, um, no, it's good that that's stuff like that's getting taken care of. And, um, you know, but yeah, it is, it's the reality that, you know, we, we have to, that we deal with and, you know, you hope there's less, there'll be less incidents of that. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, you know, you're doing a, a good job in terms of, um, you know, talking about those things and, and, um, you know, I, I saw you on a, a couple of different things where it was a, a good group of guys and y'all were, um, you know, bringing, bringing conversations that need to be had and, and, you know, talking about the change that you'd like to see. And I, I think, uh, I'm optimistic, you know, I'm an optimistic guy and uh, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for, uh, for, for change for the better. So, um, kind of ended on a heavy subject there. Um, I, I always say, you know, you were very charitable with, with your time off the field when we were uh, teammates, um, and you've been, uh, very charitable tonight and, and sharing your story with us and, and the people, uh, your journey into the game and, and kind of to where you are now. Uh, I wish you luck as a coach and as a father and, um, you know, I, I think not only were you one of the best uh, defenders in MLS, but you were definitely one of the best teammates that, that I ever played with. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say thank you. And that is Sean Franklin, everybody. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at MLSplayers.org.